And welcome to the Wake Up, an hour of sovereign power from the spiritual center of the earth, with your hosts, Ben Hawks and Kern Frost, from the Co-Create a Better World movement. Are you ready to wake up? Are you ready? Well then, let's begin. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to The Wake Up. My name is Ben Hawkes from the Co-Creative Better World Movement. I have with me here Kern Frost, my good friend. Can I say that? Can I say good friend? I'm going to anyway. I have no. a good friend. No. Okay. First. That's the first roadblock. <laughs> Let's just smash through it. So, Kern, you are the founder of the Co-Creative Better World Movement. Is that correct? Uh, have you got a warrant? Have I got a warrant? No, I don't. I do oh, that's good, Ben. So I've actually got a, a you know person. So you're not a police person. <laughs> one of one of one of the things that I've really enjoyed having and procuring in the last couple of weeks um, is a certificate of identity of the principal. Now, what this is, I don't know whether it's legal bollocks or not, right? But I love it because what it does, I can present it to a police person, a policeman officer person um, who wishes me ill. And it makes it clear that I'm a human being rather than a corporation that he or she or it or them or Z can apply their laws of commerce to. It's absolutely fantastic. I follow a lot of telegram channels from Australia. And as you're probably aware, mate, there's a lot of fucking shit going down on Australia. Um, and there's lots of people waking up to the fact that the police are working on behalf of a corporation and they're trying to engage individual citizens of Australia in conversations between corporations. And there's some really good blokes who are kind of going around on trains and having conversations with, with policemen. And the first one they ask is, hi, mate, where's your fucking contract? And they go, huh? And they go, right. Where, where is the contract that says you, I have entered into an agreement with you that you, gives you the right to stop me on a train? And they're like, uh, oh, it just said you put on a mask, mate. No, no, no. Where's the fucking contract? Get your fucking hands off me. It's incredible. People are just, people are understanding where they sit in the pecking order, um, legally or lawfully. And they're starting to understand that actually that, that they're, at the, they're at the top. In the hierarchy, we are at the top. And that's probably a really interesting place to start our discussion today. So I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, I was just coming, I was thinking about you this morning, actually, not in a sort of okay. sexual way okay. when I got up in bed, nothing like that. But um, I was traveling back from Switzerland and always every time I travel back from Switzerland, there's a difference in the kind of energy that's going on. You notice it when you come back. If you're in it, you can't really see the change. And I was traveling back on, I don't, you, I usually get a, a higher car. And this time I thought, okay, I'll just get the tube because I don't really need a higher car. And um, I travelled all the way across from Heathrow, all the way on the tube, the train, um, to Hammersmith and, and through there. And it, it, just to give you a background on this, I've travelled regularly um, through COVID, um, through Heathrow. Travelled through COVID. Like, How does that feel? Is it a kind of viscous well, thing that you have to get through, like a spider's web, or is it... Does it feel wet when you're traveling through COVID? I don't know. Well, to, to, be, to be honest, you know, COVID can be anything you want. It's all things to all people, you know. Um, Absolutely. It can, you know, it, it just a lot, <laughs> but one thing, it doesn't work. It does. It's, it's prevalent after 10 o'clock at night. It used to be. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't working before that. But really, what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's kind of interesting to see the changes in the world and changes certainly at Heathrow Airport. Now they don't give a flying fuck what you're, um, you know, seriously, they don't give a... a two hoots whether you've got a a a covid pass or, or anything at all 
you know they just you just go through as normal whereas before it was like you know it was like stanag 19 you you had to queue up you had to show your um your pass show you got your test done show now they don't honestly care nothing it's like they've got past a threshold where they've done enough vaccination you know they've done enough of that so we can take the brakes off a bit the airlines are still being completely fucking stupid they really are they're being dicks but the, the thing that was really striking and i did see someone a bit like yourself sitting on the tube with one of these things that says i've, I've got asthma and 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 get off oh, my yes. get off my, get off my back badge you know don't don't come not here all, with me not all disabilities are yes <laughs> but but the weird thing was I've noticed there's, because uh, I was here two weeks ago, and there is a, a massive difference with the number of people who just don't wear masks. They've got all the, all the regulations going, yeah, mask, 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 but people are starting to not bother. And they just, uh, I, 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 you know, you, you start, you know, once upon a time you would congratulate one person in a thousand, but now the tide is turning and we're starting to see this. And, and I, I think the world is turning. What do you think, mate? It's a really interesting one. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of essence of the Soviet Union, and I don't speak as a primary source because I've never been there, but there's a, there's a word in, in Russian, and it means um, I'm lying to you. You know I'm lying. You, I know that you're lying, and we're still going to do the same thing. And um, if anybody listening can tell me what that word is, please do. And there is an essence of that at the moment, that there are signs everywhere. There are, um, there, are, there are kind of these... Uh, I've got the word. Okay, the words come to me. It's, it's called Boris Johnson, mate. No, well, we'll talk about him later. In our, in our, That's in, in our Russian, isn't it? Hour. Boris is a Russian name. Boris <laughs> is a Russian <laughs> Apparently name. Apparently he's Turkish. Name. All, all the people from... Pardon? Apparently he's Turkish. He did um, Who Do You Think You Are for the BBC about five, ten years ago. And he's Turkish. Oh, fair enough. Not as good and not as Kazazi you or whatever. Make of that what you will. But there's all these signs and this kind of behavior modification stuff going on. And yet everybody is just ignoring it. And there's a we're all kind of play acting that we're doing it, and everybody's just ignoring it. And there's a and it has switched to the majority. So I remember the Monday after the mask mandate kind of left. Um, and it was down to individuals whether or not they want to wear those kind of uh, those hateful things. And I was the only person who wasn't wearing a mask. And my dear wife wouldn't take off her mask because people would look at her funny and there was this kind of social proof thing going on. But nowadays, the signs are still there, the rules are still there, but nobody gives a fuck. And it's absolutely marvellous. I do love walking around these days. Well, I mean, what we're seeing is because I think people are starting, even the one... No, that's not true. The ones that are really, really asleep, they can't wake up at all, I don't think. But the ones that have just been sort of going along with it a little bit and sort of a foot in both camps, they're now seeing this bullshit on the media about food shortages and, and about how there's no truck drivers. And this suddenly comes out of the blue. <laughs> no truck drivers, funny enough. And this is going to cause to cancel Christmas. And they've just gone, hang on a minute. Even there's this old phrase that comes to mind. Don't piss down my neck and tell me it's raining anymore. And I think that is what people are getting now. They're starting to go. I actually watched. I was looking on Facebook, and I, I you know, you study it because you get feedback from people who are on both sides. Mm. And one of the guys, he was right. He's been writing for two, I don't know, eighteen months. Totally, you know, you need to mask up this, that, and the other. Yeah. But now, 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 with the food shortage, he's going. This is absolute mainstream media bollocks. 
now he can get his teeth into it and start stepping out of the COVID religion that he's got himself in. And it's a different game, different day. And this is why I, I just, I see it. I, I hope, I hope, eternally hope that we are well, going to worry, see the you? Not you. Well, I worry that I, I mean, every, everything in social media and a lot of the world now is an echo chamber. You, you get you get shoved into a corner of the universe and you kind of hear only what you want to hear. But then again, we can't ignore the evidence of, the, of, of our own eyes. And the evidence of my eyes is that you see less of these ridiculous people wearing face masks on their own in their cars. You see less of it in shops. And you start to see people who are just going, hang on, there's got to be something wrong here. Um, when the BBC, I don't know whether they're laughing at us or not, but the guy for the BBC on the first morning of the quote-unquote crisis on Friday, his name was fucking Phil McCann. Phil McCann. It's like like uh, Bart Simpson calling up the bar and saying, can I speak to, uh, what were the things he, he used to make calls and say, can I speak to uh, Phil McGroin and that sort of stuff. His name's Phil yeah, yeah. fucking can. I, I remember that. It's, it's, it's ridiculous in the world right now. I have to say, it's that they, I think they, they, the powers that be, whoever they are, are just, they just think they take the piss that much because the people's brains have been so addled and stupid. I mean, the bit I read something today about, um, you know, the, the government statistics on, on and who's filling up the hospitals. And you see it banded about and unvaxxed um, filling up the hospitals, clogging the place so no cancer patients can get their cancer treatment. But then you see another part of it. Well, what is an unvaxxed as far as the government is concerned? Well, it's anybody who's had a vaccination um, and uh, had had first vaccination and had a second, second vaccination and 14 days after the second vaccination so that's anything before that that's first fact second vax 14 days is unvaccinated and these are the people who are filling up the fucking hospitals and this is the problem for people they just don't get it's very difficult to find truth anymore because everything that is 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 not of the mainstream is called fake media fake news fake everything and for the average person, this is how propaganda and this is how the war of psychology works, because it gets even the most intelligent person and gives them so many contradictory facts that they can't work out their ass from their elbow. And that's when they become pliable. Well, the more it, it seems to me that the more intelligent the person, the more likely they are at a very high level to become an advocate for this sort of absolute nonsense. So you remember the other day we were talking about um, knowledge, writing knowledge down, writing things down, and that's how um, we learn these days. So I, I was talking about uh, King Famous, and he was given the gift by Thoth of writing, and he found it instantly mistrustful because he figured that the more you can write knowledge down, the more people are going to find that knowledge, read it, get a vague understanding of it, and then keep recycling it um, and deem themselves experts and will be bogged down by a, a kind of class of professional who will learn from books and then put themselves out of experts, which kind of when you think of that, you think of Michael Gove. So the, the, what, and one of the main personal problems with knowledge is that if you treat everything as numbers, it starts to be an abstraction. Now, in the Vietnam War, uh, people came out with death certificates, death, certificates, death statistics, and that becomes a massive abstraction. And we start to live and die by numbers and numbers like caseload. You know, caseload doesn't mean an absolute fucking thing because the PCR test does not work. Even the FDA, who were in the midst of planning this whole thing, um, don't trust 
the PCR test to tell us uh, who has COVID and who hasn't. It's an absolute. Well, let's just let's let's just look at that for a second. You know, I, I've had a number of conversations because I said, you know, I live in Switzerland. I commute to to London, and yeah. and uh, you know, if, if if MI5 are watching, then great. Um, you know where to get me, but. Um, you know, I, I talk to people and they say, oh, I had COVID. And I say to them, how do you know you had COVID? And I say, oh, good. well, because I did. I, I was in bed and I was, I was, I was, I, it was like flu. And I go, okay, so how do you know you had COVID? And they go, well, well, I had a test. And I say, well, okay, you do know the test is running at over 40 cycles of amplification. And even the, the World Health Organization it says anything over sort of 26 is going to throw up false positives everywhere. And that's almost like double. You do know that. So how do you know you had COVID? They go, yeah, but I did. I, I know it was COVID. <laughs> and you go, how do you know it's COVID when the test is already proved to be faulty? And even the inventor of it said it wasn't going to be useful. And even the way it's applied, you know, I went for an antigen test the other day because um, I had to get it to fly. I won't have a PCR test because there's no way of having something stuck up the back of my nose sure. into a vulnerable area of my face. I mean, seriously, you've got to be off your rocker to do that. But the antigen test, yeah, okay. So what they're going to do is they're going to swab a little bit around your, your, the back of your mouth a little bit. Oh, well, whatever. So, you know, where do I go to find this? It's, it's, it's in the, the back end of Beyond by Red Hill oh. and on the way to Gatwick Airport. And it's a turned beauty salon nail bar into <laughs> a... No, 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 I mean, seriously, if you go in it, it's got like this, 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 this furry furry you know like one of these tacky nail bars where you've got this like this like uh, imitation fur spangly stuff and spangly is hanging in from the ceiling you've so got you much know like your living room ultimately that's what we're saying <laughs> well a little bit and then the girl's doing her nails and she's doing the pretty fine of that at the desk and it's got you know the desk has obviously been from being a nail bar turned into this high level clinic <laughs> which has now been, uh, you know, been, 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 what they've done is they've, they've used the clinician where they used to do the, um, you know, the, the bikini waxing, obviously the, yeah. the crack in the ball as well. In yeah, your case. Yeah. It's very um, clear correlations between that. Yeah, and and so, so I've gone in there and she, you know, she's got, Oh, we're just going to do the test. And, and they get me back the antigen test and about, you know, I'm driving and it's about half an hour later. Yes, it's clean. You know, I've had, I've had, uh, more of these, you know, I did the spit test. Now, the other thing about the tests is, you know, every time I've come to, come to England, I've had to do this damn spit test. And I asked the question, well, why do you need to stick a swab right up the back of the nose when you can just spit into a fire, well, a little tube? What, why do you need to do it? Why do you need to keep doing it to kids? Why do you need to keep doing it to other people? Give me the logic behind it. You can't say the one where you stick a great rod up someone's nose is better quality. It either is or it isn't. And even the amplification is rubbish anyhow. So we're actually in this illusion where you say to someone, how do you know how you had COVID? They're convinced that they did, even though you put the facts in front of them, that it's complete bollocks in the first place. And they go, no, 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 no. I'm, I know I had COVID. Oh, it's, it's, ben, it's a world of madness. Absolutely. And one of my one of the one of my favourite things going on at the moment is there are a lot of ordinary folk who are challenging public health officers in various parts of the world to come up with evidence that coronavirus exists, and this is this is when it starts becoming very it just becomes Kafkaesque. So this there's this chap in Alberta, and this is this is quite old news actually. It's about four to six weeks old, um, and he every day went onto the corner. Um, and he protested 
um, lockdown and various other measures by government to, you know, destroy small businesses in the middle class, possibly, allegedly. And he got he got dicked by the local police because there were more than six people on this corner um, going through this protest. And um, he said, you know what, that's absolutely fine. If you prove that the rule of six on this corner for protest is something that's genuinely required because of a public health emergency, then I will pay the $1,500 fine and I will go about my day and I won't do it again. But you have to prove it. So he went to um, the court uh, for his hearing and he put in a letter to the judge and said, judge, do you know what? I fess up. I was there. I was with more than six people. I contravened these public health regulations put in place because of the COVID-19 emergency. And I will take my punishment like a man, as long as you can prove or the public health officer of Alberta can prove that COVID exists. And the case was thrown out. And the case wasn't thrown out because of a lack of evidence on either side as to whether he had carried out his crime. It was thrown out simply because the public health officer for Alberta said in writing, we cannot provide the evidence required to make this trial happen. They couldn't come up with incontrovertible evidence that they'd been shown COVID-19 existed, which was the entire basis of all the laws they had brought in since March 2020 that have held up life in Canada so. And now there are lots of cases popping up all around the world in this using this particular, um, th th this particular process. Um, whether or not it will matter, I don't know. No the one's problem, the, the, pro the pro problem is, Ben, is, is uh, it, the, 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 it's almost like the, what is it, the horse has already bolted? Yes. Because what, what's happened is, you've, you know, and, and people listening to this, they go, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. I mean, come on, just get your head out of your arse. I mean, seriously, we've been, people have been saying conspiracy since the day one of COVID. And yet, you know, oh, there won't be vax, um, uh, vaccinations. There won't be um, uh, vax passports. There won't be this. There won't be that. It's all happened. And unless you have been studying this for a long period of time, you'll be new to it. and You go, oh, I don't believe it. And you're just speaking from a point of ignorance. And this is the problem, because already what they have achieved is what they wanted to achieve. And the achievement is to get a vaccination into people's bodies. And they've done that hook, like and sinker. And now they can relax back and just continue the psychological warfare to cancel Christmas. So people just get more and more pissed off. Um, and and if, if anyone is looking at the skies these days, um, and, uh, you know, this took a long time to convince me. I knew that there was um, the ability to influence weather from the 1950s. Ah. And we knew that that happened. We knew it happened. And, you know, back in what was it, 1950s down in, was it Lynmouth in, in Devon, where they had a sudden torrent in the middle of the, of the summer. And it, it really killed loads of people because it brought torrents and torrents down. But only years later did the RAF admit that they were doing weather seeding at the time, but it had nothing to do with what was happening um, and what happened and how it killed people. <laughs> and obviously it's just a random coincidence. Of course, it's just a conspiracy, right? Conspiracy begins with C like coincidence, of course. And then you've got this position now where I was traveling, I think uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was traveling back across from London. I got up in the morning, right in the middle of London, looked up into the sky and I have, you know, I'd never seen so many crisscross lattice work of vapor trails hanging in the upper upper atmosphere. It just it was massive. And I, I thought there is no point in all my 59 years that I have ever seen anything like it. And as I travel back across um, uh, down into Gatwick, 
I, I just looked at the skies. I thought maybe just it's London, but it was everywhere. There was lattice work everywhere. And did, and they, did they remain there? So when you looked at them, did they remain there or did they blow away? Uh, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. And the hilarious thing is, uh, and this is one of the deep, deep rabbit holes that people get down into, where water vapour from jets just dissipates. It just goes. So what the fuck was in the sky above your head? What do we think? But, 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 you know, you're talking about them taking the piss. But what I had was, uh, um, there was a, 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 actually a, a piece on it and a photograph from one of the news channels going, what a lovely sky we have this morning with its lattice work of all these, these things. And you know that the main media, they're, they're so rich in it. They, they're so, you know, good at their psychological situations at the moment that they believe people just, oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Oh, look at that lattice work because people are so stupid now. But as, as, as I say, metals drop to the drop to the ground yeah. like rain. So well, none of us can. We, 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 it's an it's it's an osmosis with us. They, you know, the injection into many people has given this situation where you know there's now being evidence coming forward how potentially that the spike protein is causing um, an acceleration of cancer in a lot of ways. They, they, there's a lot of new uh, research into this by scientists, funny enough, that are starting to say, oh, hang on a minute, something's going on here. Um, and finally, people are, are starting to speak up, but those that have been vaccinated, it's a little bit too late. I heard one person say the other day, oh, why, why are people that were vaccinated, why are people mm. what asked, they never asked what was in vaccinations before, why are they asking now? What, what, why would they bother doing that? And you say, are you vaccinated? Yes, but why are they asking? Well, that's because it's a new technology and no one really knows what they've stuffed in it. And, but why would we ask now? We didn't ask before. Are you not listening? Is it not going in your ear here? Is it just floating through the empty space and out the other side? And the problem with people who have been vaccinated is, and I've met quite a few recently because I just, I, I, I don't know what happened to me. I wish I wasn't vaccinated. Why did I get vaccinated? Why did I do that? I said, well, uh, never mind. It's a really interesting one, that, because I um, I remember going to the, I was at the vaccine centre and I was in I was in the queue um, right at the end of the day. And um, oh, what, were you, what were you doing there? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd gone to get vaxxed. And well, to be, to be fair, I got a job vaccinating people. I thought it was because you know I, I you know I like killing people. It's not a problem. Well, I did, I did a I did a shift. I did a shift at the um, the vac center um, where I live around here. Where I live around here, MI five. You're gonna have to work harder for uh, my location than that. And I was there the first morning, um, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this is really this is a turning point in history." Um, I was here the first time they um, gave out vaccinations in my particular locale. Um, and I was quite excited by it. And then on my second shift, it got to the end of the night and we were told that if there was vaccine left, you can go and get vax. You can jump the queue. And as a, as a kind of mid-40s man, that was, that was pretty good. That was getting it two or three months beforehand. And I was in the queue and I just remember this very, very clear feeling of unease. You know, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be in this queue. How do I get out of this queue? How do I walk out? And I felt like I was physically stuck to the fucking ground. And then the, the chief nurse came out and said, I'm really sorry, we don't have any left. And I just remember this absolute feeling of relief that they hadn't stuck this thing into my body. And then I remember having a conversation um, on a call, on a co-create call. Um, I think it was one of the ones we do on Clubhouse. Um, so we do them on Clubhouse every evening around um, eight o'clock UK time. And uh, we were talking about the vaccination and you said, if someone can give me 
a good reason why I should get vaccinated, then I'll get vaccinated. Answers on a postcard. And I thought about that statement and I, I read a couple of books on the subject and I realised that there was absolutely no point in getting vaccinated because it doesn't stop you infecting other people. And it doesn't stop you getting infected. It stops you from developing severe symptoms. Um, and I'm a mid-40s man, doesn't smoke, eats properly, exercises, no comorbidities, no chronic conditions. Why the fuck would I die of COVID? So why the fuck would I stick this thing into my arm to help mollify the symptoms of a disease that will only kill 99.7% of, sorry, it won't kill 90, sorry, that's the vaccination. That <laughs> oh, now, now you flip sides to the psychopath there. Absolutely. Coming it will kill everybody. This is yes. Klaus Schwab here and it will kill everybody. Oh, good, good, um, good, good. Yeah, I mean, one of one of the things on the airplane um, that's coming coming over, um, that, that, you know, they, they're going on about. Um, uh, th th this is what they said on the tenor. Do they have everyone's got have... doing the? In... Yeah. They say hello, this is Klaus here. You can find the oxygen mask would drop down yep. along with a needle and some ivermectin. No, no ivermectin. No ivermectin. <laughs> no, 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 mate. What, what he's what he's saying is actually there's some showers at the back. If you queue orderly, you will go into the shower. But you won't come out again. <laughs> but that's a different. That's horrible. I shouldn't. No, say that's that. a whole different I? thing. But a reasonably <laughs> good allegory. Oh yeah. So what? What it was on on the um on the uh, the plane? They went. Um, okay, you must all wear your masks for the full duration of the flight. You can only remove it between um, mouthfuls. Um, you must put it back after every mouthful. And if you're vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask. Um, and you still have to comply to the regulations of people who are unvaccinated and because and it says because vaccinated people can pass the the covid to other people the COVID. Um, and so it's yeah, so you know you go well why did you get vaccinated because you're protecting people who are vulnerable and you go hang on a minute you just said that um, I was protecting people, but I now need to wear the mask and I now need to keep doing the same things uh, because even though I'm vaccinated, I can still actually pass it to other people. So what's the point of me getting vaccinated? And you go, well, well you've got to protect those vulnerable that were in the care homes, which is, you know, from my background, as you know, I, my mother's um, in care. Yes. I kept her, I, I kept her in, in care in her house with a carer. And I, I, the, the care agency and the doctors regularly in the last 18 months came around to try to vaccinate my mother. And I said, you know, basically, fuck off. Uh, there is no, you know, I don't want you sticking anything in my mother's arm. And what happened was, is that I get a lot of feedback from the carers because that's the industry they're in. Mm -hmm. And the care homes were decimated. They were decimated. And the, the people got, you know, the, 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 they were telling me that the people were getting injected and they were dying. And well, this, this is what I get firsthand. But when I looked at what was happening initially, and this is where all the deaths were, you see, the deaths, if you look at it, it's the infection rate. It's not the death rate. There is hardly any fucking death rate. And, and, and any death is put to COVID. It doesn't matter. But at the beginning, they took, you know, if you know anything about care homes, and if you've ever had a, an elderly uh, parent or relative in a care home, you know that they are very isolated ecosystems. Okay, yeah. that means everybody in there. You don't, you know, it's 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 it's, it's kind of like everyone is the same, and, and you don't want to be bringing any diseases. If you go into a hospital, what do you find in a hospital? You find disease. You I'm find sure superbugs. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And my my granddad, when he went in with food poisoning years ago, he came out dead. 
because he caught one after another after another of things that they were sharing around them. And they just would die if they went into hospital because, and I always said, I'm not having my mum go into hospital because if she goes into an old person's hospital, she will catch something and she'll never come out because her immune system will get weakened and weakened and weakened. But what did they do at the beginning? Now, even as a layman, even as someone of, of my experience, no, well, if that's an ecosystem here that is nice and safe in the care home, and this is an ecosystem here that is completely toxic because that's got sick people in it, and if you say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to take all those people out of the hospital and stick them in the care homes so we can make more beds for the people who are never going to get COVID. So what they did was take all those sick people and stick them in care homes. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know what was going to happen then, does it? You've got superbugs and God knows what shit going through every care home in the country, killing everybody. Yeah, everyone's put down to COVID, even though they're not tested. Everything by the government was said COVID, 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 COVID. Now, if that isn't genocide, I really ah. don't know what is. Well, there is another there is another angle to this. And we have to look at um, probably why Matt Hancock was removed when he was, because um, there were some very difficult questions being put to him um, via a campaigner, friend of David Icke, who uh, surprisingly enough, mysteriously died before he could speak to him. What was his name, mate? Um, yeah, I'm going to do some quick Googling. Um, now, what people need to look at, and this is, this is what Kern's talking about, is ultimately the manufacture of a first wave. Because you, you can manufacture cases very, very easily. You use the PCR test wrong, um, you get this soup of monkey brains, aborted fetuses, whatever it is, um, you chuck it all together, you chuck it on a PCR test, and you, you rev it up 42 times, and if you see a bit of cell death, then you make the assumption that cell death has happened because of COVID. That's really easy. Cases are easy to find. Deaths are not. Deaths are quite difficult to come by. Um, more if lots of people die, people tend to start asking questions, regardless of whether the mainstream media are doing their job or not. So just before the whole thing kicked off in March 2020, the NHS made an order of a drug called... Let me say this right. Yeah, I remember this because there was two things here. The one, one, one they had was uh, they, 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 they said to all the, all the um, care homes, do not resuscitate orders. So they were not resuscitating people. And then they had this massive order which was put before COVID of this drug, wasn't it? That was, you, you, yeah. you know, that basically Midazona. people die on. It, it was, was just... It was, was around, it. it was two years supply ordered for use in a couple of months. So the um, let me look. I'm just did a, done a quick search. So prescribing the drug increased by more than 100 percent in the month of April. So what midazolam does is ultimately in extremis. It makes dying a bit more a bit more pleasant. Um, it reduces yes, but it also it also is a respiratory thing. It stops them being able to breathe. So let us think. What happens if you get quote unquote COVID? What's difficult because it's a respiratory fucking illness. It's difficult to breathe. What happens if you take midazolam? it becomes difficult to breathe. So what you do is create, you take lots of very, very vulnerable people from clinical setting where they can get COVID. I forget the name of the type of infection, but hospital-based infection, infection and care home infection constituted the vast majority of infections in the first wave. You put them into a setting where they are hermetically sealed with other vulnerable people. You give them a drug that will to all intents and purposes, create the same symptoms you'll get if you die with COVID, and then they fucking die. So again, what do we call that? It rhymes with genocide. It's called genocide. And, that's and the, this, 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 
man, this this is where yeah. people need to get angry. This is not about conspiracy. The evidence is there. The people who have, have perpetrated this crime are there. They are still in power. No one gets punished. No one, no one, no investigations. They do the shit. Fauci, for example, the kind of shit that's coming out about that guy, yet no person can go near the guy. You know, even though there's a book just came out, which was linking him to Wuhan lab, the, the investment came from his uh, his authority into that Wuhan lab that with 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 the, what they call her the bat mistress or something like that. But, yes, you know, they still lady. wanted the, the, That's it. The bat lady. But they still wanted to say, hang on a minute. There's a guy called was it Peter Dazak, isn't it? That he's the partner in crime with Fauci and Peter Daszak was working within the Wuhan lab. Wuhan just happens to be the chemical center of um, uh, uh, chemical weapons of China, by the way. Yeah, and therefore, uh, you know, it was very yeah, weird. It was just, yeah, very weird that it was a, a bat, you know, someone eating a bat soup down in, in the Wuhan wet market, but that bat is from a thousand miles away. Uh, but they were doing gain of function research in the Wuhan lab. If you're prepared to believe this story. Now, this is the problem in the world we've got at the moment. We've got one hand here that no one can actually prove that COVID actually exists. Yes, we've got lots of cases. Yes, we've got lots of deaths, but we've also got other reasons for that. We've got no real evidence that COVID is there. But there is another way that people are dying. And people go, oh, yeah, yeah, but I know someone who died and they weren't old and they weren't an oxygen thief that deserved to die. No, <laughs> they were... <laughs> you know, no, all seriously, all serious. I'm going to say this, and it's really nasty about my brother because he doesn't think sometimes. He was going, he's going, was, he said, we need to get my mum vaccinated. And I said, well, I, I don't really want to because um, I already know from the care home that they've said you did the great thing by not having a vaccinated because we already know uh, three that have got m real, real major disorders and, and a couple more did that have died really? already. Did and, they and he really? said, well, Yeah, yeah. And he said, you, you've, you, they said this to me, you've did a great thing them not having a vaccinated because, you know, they're all dying and, yeah. and we, we can't do anything. All the carers are going out of work because there's no one to care for anymore, by the way. So yeah. they've all had to be vaccinated, do care work, but there's no carers. And my brother said to me, God bless him. He said, well, you know, I said, you know, so there's people having real bad reactions and dying of this, this vaccination. He said, oh, it doesn't matter. We can still give it to her, can't we? And I said, I know you, I know you want the fucking inheritance, mate, but there's, you know, euthanasia isn't really cool. I would rather my mum lived a bit longer. And he goes, yeah, but she's not, she's not got a great quality of life. And if she died, it wouldn't be that bad, would it? I went, uh, okay. So there's a lot of people out there that are quite happy that they're old in-laws, or you know, uh, you know, because they they might, especially dementia. You go, okay, well, well, they haven't got a quality of life. Well, let's just get rid of them. We can get the inheritance. We don't have to oh, keep no, paying out know. for their care homes. Some oh, of my know. best friends are vaccinated. It makes me very ben, very sad. It breaks my heart. Well, you won't have your best friends for very long. Let's just put it like that. Well, indeed, indeed. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Cliff High. Oh, is that bad of me to say that? It probably is bad of you. I don't know. It's yes, it probably is. Um, but I do, I do, there's a there's a woman in America. Um, I, I was talking to about I don't know, maybe about six months ago now, and uh, she's saying, "Oh, you know, these people are vaccinated." I said, "What do you think about the people are vaccinated?" She said, oh, "I've only got one word for them: sayonara." Oh, <laughs> Just, it was it was as blunt as that. And unfortunately, 
um, you know, if there was if there was a total look, let's just be coming back to the real core of what this is going on here, why it's going on. Yeah. And I'm going to give some basics here because it really is people don't get this. They're not aware. They'll go, why would anybody do this sort of thing? Well, why did Hitler do what he did? Uh, why? Why is there a eugenics program and has been since the early part of the last century? Why is that? Why do they want that? Well, if we look at the uh, bulletin of atomic scientists, the um, that you would look at the atomic clock, um, yeah. which has been set at seven minutes to midnight Armageddon in 1947 and has swung 16 minutes away when the Berlin Wall came down. And now is at the closest to Armageddon it's ever been, which is 100 seconds to midnight. Now, if just to give you context on that, there was a film called The Watchman back in about 2009, yeah. something about that. that and great. in that, you had, I can't remember the guy, the big, do you remember that big blue guy, Ben? I don't remember his name. Yeah, he was, he was, he was big for, for part of the film. He was, oh, crumbs. Keep talking, I'm going to Google. Uh, okay, anyhow, I, I remember the comedian, uh, but I can't remember his guy. It was Dr. Somebody. Um, uh, anyhow, but he, at the end of the day, they had a ex nuclear explosion. But in that film, they were all worried because it was four minutes to midnight, not 100 seconds. It's 100 it was, seconds. It was, it was set in the 1980s. It was New York. It was quite, it was... It was actually a lot like how New York was in the 1980s. Very, very. Yeah, it was, open. yeah the, the president was set on based on Nixon and all that sort of stuff in the time. So it was, um, uh, I think it was a mixture of different things. But what it is, what it means is, is that as a society, we're, we're so close to Armageddon from multiple causes. And the number one cause that, you know, we, we get this bullshit about climate change. Um, people go, oh, no, no, it's, it's definitely there because I saw it in the press. The scientists are talking about it. And you go, well, the scientists, who are they paid by exactly? Who gets grants for going on confirming climate change? Well, scientists do. do. Does anybody get a grant for actually the other argument? No. So all the money goes to scientists that are confirming it. So th that has got to ring a little bit of an alarm bell in somebody. I, I don't know, unless they're just not thinking. And then you go into this position where you go, okay, we've got this climate change. We've got this difficulty going on. We've got the world is really getting really toxic with information. Why are we getting constantly bombarded with things like terrorism? Thing, you know, and, and that we'll go into on another session, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it because even the terrorist acts that you look at, if you look at it from a psychological pattern, and this is my background because I have a clinic in, uh, in Zurich and, and I've been working in the psychological world for about 15 years and we're going to go into this. It's very much more looking at why there is how a mind can be manipulated, how it is suggestible, how repeating in a fear based situation, which you should never have done psychologically every day since the beginning of COVID. How many people died every day? Why would you do that when, when there's already substantial evidence that you should never do that from a psychological pit thing because it's suggestible? 10% of the population are highly suggestible. They go into a fear mode and they start to replicate the, sister, the, 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 the symptoms, which is called the nocebo effect. All of this people are not aware of and it's not been put forward. And you've got to ask the question, why is the information missing? That is the problem. Why are they doing something that any psychologist that isn't under a government pay packet uh. would say never, never do that? 
because you will cause mass psychosis. There were people, I knew people in the ambulance service at the beginning of this situation, going around to people's houses when they had real genuine calls of people that had heart attacks and God knows what. But there was other people going, save me, I've got a cold, I'm going to die. Save me, take me to hospital, put me in the ward, give me a ventilator, whatever you do, just get me and save my life. They had a, they had a sniffle. Fuck's sake. It's, it's, it's sadly exactly what was meant to happen. Um, yeah, and the, word, the, the, the big word out of that is fear. Um, and fear is fantastic. If you're a totalitarian ruler, fear is brilliant because it's impossible to critically think when you're stuck back into fear. Um, and you know this. Where is it you're stuck back into? Is it back into the cerebellum? Where, yeah, where it goes it to the, the thinking goes to the neocortex, to the limbic bank, into the, into, into the, the stem of the brain. There we and go. if it's in the, the stem brain. of the brain, you, you've got brain fog. Absolutely. You, you can't look in, you can't look in yeah. someone's eyes and saying it's not raining or pissing down my back. And that's ultimately where they want us. Who they are is a, is, a, is a discussion we can have the other day. What's fascinating about this is that there was a book. Um, the name of the book, I forget. It was about the Behavioural Insights Unit. And I'm going to do some quick Googling why, while I talk about this. But they have a really interesting monomic. Um, as to how they do their job in terms of putting across messaging um, to, to change behavior. And when you look at hands, face, space, and you look at all this stuff, the choice of colors and all this kind of business, you know, black and yellow, poison, danger, 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 you have mm. to start seeing that we were simply being gaslighted. And I remember writing this down when I was talking to somebody about this. Nomic is mind space. So M stands for messenger. So that's who's sending the message. So every time, every, every night at five o'clock, we had these very well-credentialed, um, important people, Boris, you know, getting up or doctor, whoever, standing there as the expert saying, we've got a fucking problem here. Um, the next one's incentives. So incentivizing people, kind of what positive, negative incentives are there? Well, the biggest incentive is don't fucking die. Fantastic. And then we go to norms. And this is about our desire to fit in which is why everyone got into the clap and everyone, not that clap, the, 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 the clap for heroes every Thursday. Um, and then defaulting. We always default to a option if we have limited choice. So I used to go to Sainsbury's and there'd be those dots outside and everyone's standing on the dots. And just for fun, I would stand in the middle of the dots or I'd move a couple of feet away from the dots left or right. And people look at you like you are absolutely mental. And all throughout the time, there were these kind of images that stick out as being out of the ordinary. I don't even remember what was going on in Italy at the time. Um, there were these images of Italy, and it was, for all intents and purposes, it looked like societal breakdown was going on in Italy. You know, there were queues of ambulances. There were people dropping down in the street. Same with Wuhan. And obviously, it was complete bollocks. And that's salient. So those are images that stick out in our minds as being out of the ordinary to make us think that we are in a crisis situation. Next one's priming. So that's triggers that promote compliance. So what's the biggest thing? It's fucking face masks. What are face masks? Do face masks work? No, they don't. And I always say to people, why, you know, people ask, why are you not wearing a face mask? I say, well, if you were trying to stop mosquitoes getting in your bed, would you use chicken wire? Yes or no? Because that's essentially what you're doing. A COVID particle is 5,000 times smaller than the weave of a face mask. Now, why are you wearing a fucking face mask? The reason we're wearing face masks is because we are literally being muzzled and because we can feel the fabric on our mouth and it makes us remember 
every time we put that thing on that there is something morbidly dangerous going on at least in our minds and we are, a kinest- that's a good point it's a kinesthetic anchor isn't it it absolutely is a kinesthetic anchor and what it does is it's hilarious there was this wonderful lad from i think he was a boston uh, he worked for the municipal uh, water supply for the sewage guys and they have this um this 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 um they have a device with a yellow pipe that sniffs the air constantly to tell them when they're down under the city, whether or not there's a gas leak or anything like that. So if it goes beep, 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 they get the fuck out of there. So what he did was very interesting. He took the wand that was attached to this, um, I think it's called a naiad, um, uh, this this box, let's just call it a box. And he stuck it under his face mask and he started to breathe. After 10 seconds, the alarm went off. So after 10 seconds of wearing a mask, his environment between the mask and his mouth was sufficiently unhealthy that if he was working in a sewer under New York or Boston, they would have to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible, lest they die of some sort of gas leak. So people are walking around muzzled with this kinesthetic anchor, reminding themselves they have to exist in a state of fear constantly while their health is under attack from the very thing they've been given to protect their health. And Actually, ben, ben, on that, on that one, mate, I, I, I'm just going to break in again. It's just like you just reminded me, my brother again. I hate to sort of slag oh, him off a bit, but but he, I, I, when, when the masking was started off, I used to say, "No, masks are right. What's your problem?" And I said, "When was the last time you washed your mask?" And he went, uh, "I don't, I don't think I ever have actually. How long have you been wearing it? Uh, about six weeks." And you go, "You've been wearing something a rag." Around your face for six weeks, day in, day out. You're and that's meant to be healthy. Oh, oh yeah. But these are the these are the kind of these stick out in all sorts of uh, in all sorts of public life. And they're just things that the human mind just glosses over to get to a kind of shared conclusion. I'll give you an example. So way back when I was in the army, um, and back then we were constantly worried about biological weapons, nuclear nuclear weapons dropping, all that sort of stuff. We call it NBC, Nuclear Biological Chemical Warfare. And we were given a, uh, a gas mask, um, which was meant to protect us from the worst of all of this funky shit. And we were always told you must shave in order to get the rubber seal to, to, to stick to the face. If you don't shave, the gas mask will not stick to the face and you will not be protected. We go, absolutely, boss. We will shave, shave, shave. We all shaved. And then someone went, what about your hair? Everyone, hang on. What about the hair? And the sergeant said, well, the hair's, hair acts completely differently. Different type of hair. And we went, oh, yeah, that's absolutely fine. That makes complete sense. So you get this really weird dissonant thing. But we were all programmed. We were all soldiers. And it was all cool. And then you get what you've just talked about. You know, what are you using that mask for? It's protecting me. Okay, do you know that or do you suspect that? I've been told that. Who have you been told that by an expert? I'll take it on. Okay, when did you last wash your mask? It uh, doesn't matter. I've been told to wear it. Are you sure? I've been told to wear it. And a lot of this is to do with when people finally realise what's going on, the psychosis is going to be quite something. And I don't say yeah. this with any uh, relish, by the way. I absolutely, I, I hate the idea of death from, um, from uh, you know, death is a natural part of life. But when it's done to, done to someone, it's, it's, it's hateful, it's awful. Um, and I don't relish this in any way, shape or form. Um, but I still suspect that it may happen. 
And it's actually, com- com- coming back to that, I mean, there was a point that I was coming back to about the earlier, which was the strategic. You, you talk about the deaths that's going to happen, and people go, "Why is it happening?" This is the strategic thing that I was talking about before. Most mm. people are like a soldier on a front line, sucking up bullets, and all they're trying to do is dodge the dodge the bullets. They've got no time for any thinking about why they're there or what what they're fighting for. And, and this is typical of a soldier because they're conditioned to just fight. Um, for whatever, you know, there's the enemy, go fight it. Uh, well, why? What, what's their problem? That's not your point. You just go fight it, do what we told you. And if we look at the strategic view of what's going on in the world, we have to look at what's happening in the next 10 years. And this is what Elon Musk is talking about or anybody in the technocrat world. And if you're familiar what technocrat is, it's a movement since the 1930s based around technology solving all our problems. Um, and the technocrats are very cold in their rational thinking and they, they don't really see any human potential. They just see human beings as expendable. And, and really, that's a very uh, cold way of looking at it. But when you look at lots of people coming out of work due to artificial intelligence, now, most people are in denial about this. They don't want to know. They think that things are going to go on forever, but things are changing very rapidly. And even in the banking industry, the uh, the accountancy industry, every industry is going to be automated. And that just means that lots of people are going to be out of work. And that means there's a change in the economic system. That means there's a change in every system that we know and love today and have been thinking of for the last godzillions of years. So in that case, the real problem is that we've just got lots of idle hands coming out of work. And these people are called useless eaters. They will just, because they were useful, because they consumed and made wealth. But once you don't need that anymore, you don't need the people. This is why we need to get rid of all the people. We need to go, not, not the people in Africa, they're okay. Not all the people who are in the, it's the, it's the West, those people in those towns that always cause a little bit of a problem because they always do, was uh, created in Europe and in America by the people who are really the oppressed people. They get a bit ratty after a while because they can't pay their bills or their mortgages. That's where we're headed for. So you need a cull. And that sounds a bit horrible, but come back to context of what I said. With 100 seconds to midnight, AI is on the brink of the horizon. If people are out of work and people get their jobs taken, which is happening if you keep your ear to the ground, that they're starting to get ratty with AI because they're starting to say, oh, my job's gone, gone, it's been automated. They're starting to get annoyed with artificial intelligence. And, you know, I've been studying this for 15 years now and seeing the growth in society of how the, the movements of people's minds go. And you start to see that there's this movement towards a bit of a hate going on. They're starting to dislike it. And if they get to dislike it, that means that we can start to head into a real problem because you're starting to get people very angry on the streets. And that's why you have civil disobedience, civil disorder, chaos. And that's what governments will not accept. This is why you're getting all the laws brought in. And this is why everything is closing down very tight. And if you were to go back, I saw a mem today, you know, if you go back to the 1981 and they mm-hmm. said, look, the, the, the LGBT uh, community, if they were, um, if, if they had to say, you know, get on the plane, you had to confirm that you didn't have AIDS, you'd have to have a test to get on a plane. It would never have happened. You know, every gay person had to have a test to get on a plane. It, it would have been public outcry. But now every person has to have a test to get on a plane uh, who's healthy. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense from the sensible position. It makes sense from the controlling position. And once you understand the strategic nature of it, you start to look around in the world and see where it's going and where it's been going for many, many years now. And this is going to be a very much more quick progression now. And this is something that we're going to be talking about on a daily basis. 
Well, we've taken the Kool-Aid now and we've been convinced that the reality of our world is that you have to, you are, you are sick until proven healthy. And we've been actually exhausted to think like that um, in the UK last year. They're on bus shelters, you know, act like you have it. Now, if, it, if that isn't fucking gaslighting, I don't know what is. And you look to America and you look in, in, in state schools and you've got teachers teaching children the zombie walk. Have you seen this? The zombie yeah. walk they do in the United States. So all of these poor little children, they are told that they have to walk like a zombie between classes with their arms out to ensure they have sufficient distance between them and their classmates. How unbelievably cruel is that? that they're forcing children to wear face masks. And what then happens is they can't communicate satisfactorily with their friends and with the teacher. They can't see the mouth move. They don't have any information to process, to work out whether someone wishes them ill, um, someone is happy, someone is friendly. And how does that affect the child? Well, actually it affects them very badly because there is a 24% more chance of and I, I didn't just pluck that from nowhere. I, I, I heard that on a podcast in, in the last two days. There is 24% greater chance of a child growing up to have severe behavioral problems if they do not see people's faces when they're talking to them. It is so unspeakably grim, the things we are doing to our children. You know, not only the things we're doing to ourselves, and we are doing them to ourselves. And I say that not because... I say that not because this is our fault. It's not our fault, but it is something that we have in essence allowed to happen to us simply because we haven't stood up. We've got very, very comfortable. We can now, if we wake up in the morning, go on Just Eat or uh, a similar application and order bread and milk if we wake up to find we're out of it and someone will bring it to us. We have become infantilized in that way. And what I think, and I say think, and we'll talk about why we don't like words like think and that sort of stuff in a later episode. But I genuinely think that we have lost touch with the idea that we are sovereign, we are powerful, there's a spark of the divine, we are smart, we are creative, we are the kind of human beings who can make fire, uh, grow our own food, all these sorts of things. It's all been forgotten. And we have gradually outsourced the kind of duties and obligations that we should have held dear and kept to ourselves to the government in exchange for our safety. Um, and it used to be just our, our safety from criminals and um, nation states who might want to make war on us. It's now safety from a virus which may or may not exist. We've outsourced it all because we want to live in comfort. And now there is a reckoning for that because we've given it all up. We've given up all of our rights and we can't do anything about it now. So the only thing left is simply to not to fight, certainly not to fight, because I'm pretty sure that's what they want. And I think we should all keep our eyes on Australia at the moment to see what those guys do, because I'm fairly sure in Australia what they want the civil populace to do is fight back with violence. When actually the civil populace should just rise up and say, no, I do not consent. I do not consent. So what we have to do is simply withdraw our agreement. And when we look at the fuel crisis, quote unquote, in the UK today, what do we have to do? Not fill up. That's what we have to do. We have to fill up in a normal rhythm. And if we fill up in a normal rhythm, the crisis will be over by next week. And with vaccines, stop taking them. Don't worry about it. And if there's a business with a vaccine mandate, do not patronise that business. Do not give them your money. If someone says you have, if to take this job, you have to have a vaccine. You say, I don't want the job. Thank you very much. 
That's about to happen in the care home sector. It's about to go through the medical sector in the United States. People are simply withdrawing their labour if they are told that they have to have a vaccine to do it. It's happening in the US Air Force. Last week, seven F-22 pilots walked off post when they got a text message from the SecDef to say, if you don't get a vaccine, you're going to be court-martialed. So seven people have been trained, and it's cost millions of pounds to train them, who are the only people in that unit who can pilot a airframe worth about two billion quid that's probably at some point going to have to stop the Chinese from invading Taiwan. They've just walked off. Now, that's withdrawing labour. That is saying, I do not consent, I do not consent, I do not consent. And if there's one thing we should be doing at the moment is withdrawing our patronage, withdrawing our labour, and simply withdrawing all our give a fucks. I simply don't give a fuck anymore. And that's the message I want to give out. Just say, I don't give a fuck about you, government. I don't give a fuck about you, Boris. I don't give a fuck about you, Klaus, or whomever it might be. I simply withdraw my consent for what you're doing. And then they can't do anything. They just can't, because we're in charge. Yeah, this is a time of re-evolution. It's a time when people have to go, okay, the old paradigms of power, of political structure have ceased to be. In America, the Democrats and Republicans, you know, it's not about them anymore. It's not about who's who. They tend to divide, but that's not, that's just old talk. Now Mm. it's about people standing together against tyranny because the the classes of tyranny that are are oppressing people now are on a global basis within every country working together. And as we go through these particular sessions, we're going to explore this deeper and deeper and look at it from different aspects, the psychological aspect. We'll look at it from the sociological aspect. We'll look at it from what's going to happen in the next 10 years, the AI relationship. We'll look at it from all aspects. So you can get a real clear understanding of what's happening and more importantly, why it's happening and what, what it's going to lead to and what you can do about it. Because the worst thing that we can do is leave you with a situation where you've listened to what we've talked about and you've gone, oh, that was interesting, but what, what, what could I do? Well, we have a community called Co-Create a Better World. It's an international community. It's one that does have teeth. It's arming people, as Ben said, not with guns, but with the ability to think quicker and speak louder and speak more eloquently. Because once we go into a unity where we're starting to work together in a collective, we start to have the power necessary to make the change necessary. If we're just all just sitting around listening to the radio, well, we ain't going to do anything. We've just got, we've got to start to learn to work together. And that means having something called agile thinking, where whatever comes over the horizon at us, we're quick enough not to go into this fear-based system, which Ben mentioned earlier, where your thinking goes into the stem of the brain, you get brain fog, and you just close up and you can't think your way out of a paper bag. That's not where you want to be in your thinking. And you also want to have ranks of other people that are going to stand for you and with you all around the world. This is what we're going into. It's a global revolution. And it's a time when a lot of people are going to go, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to sit by the television and watch news at, news at 10 or news at 9 or whatever it is. Don't want to, don't, the first thing you should do is stop watching the news. Give it up. The news is a propaganda. The news is a suggestion. It's hypnotic. It will give you what it wants to give you and it will turn your mind. You've got to stop watching it because it it is lethal to your mind. And, you know, um, once we start to work together and if you're interested in getting in touch, then you just have to, you know, just communicate with us and we'll get you into the community. We do um, specialized um, uh, events. We do specialized trainings all through the month, every day. So you can start to build your understanding of what's happening in the world and be feel empowered that you're doing something 
And that, if you feel empowered, then you're feeling strong. If you feel disempowered, well, then you're easy prey for those who might seek to take our lives and change our lives. Although a lot of what we're saying may sound doom and gloom, um, the reality is that I feel the entire opposite um, about our future and the potential we have. Um, this, is an, this is a God-given opportunity to genuinely change the world. Um, and although it might seem a bit oppressive, the world is full of fear. Um, actually, we're moving towards a sparkling future um, that's going to be very, very interesting. Um, and all you have to do is stand up. You know, I was born by the river in a little tent, and just like the river, I've not stopped running ever since. A change is going to come. A change is going to come. So that's my lead. No, I mean, I mean, I was just saying there. I, I think I got broken up, but in the end of the day, I was saying, look, if you if you're disempowered, you're going to feel very weak. If you're empowered, and empowered means working with other people like ourselves, starting to build a global community that has the teeth to do something. That's going to make you feel really good. It's going to make you feel like you've got something going for you in this world and you've got people standing around you that have got your back that's where we're at absolutely fantastic well thank you uh thank you for your time dear listeners and we look forward to speaking to you again uh it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye goodbye from him him. (laughs) Ah! and if you're in the united kingdom you may get that joke if you don't you should watch more telly